the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. As Christians, we are called to live a holy life in all that we think, say, and do. Why? Because God is holy, and as his children, we are holy through him. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy, as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Using the church as a glorified baby. So some folks drop their kids off on, on Sunday mornings and then pick them up. Just drop them off. Drop off. This is no drop off. You bring your children. You being a poor example. It says, and your little ones. I, I'm loving when we have children here, all these little ones. Stand up, little ones. If, 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 if you are 10 and under, stand up. Let me see, wherever you are, 10 and under. If you're 10 and under, stand up, wherever you are. If you got a baby in your lap, stand up. Give them a big hand. And you know what? They're not screaming. They're not howling. They're not running. They're not stepping all on their, the person next to them's shoes and kicking them in the heel. You may be seated now. Little ones. We need some little ones. Some churches are not child-friendly. Listen, you better give your children some training in the Lord's house. Because if they stray, at least they got something to come back to. Now, if you don't put nothing in them, they don't even have nothing to come back to. Won't y'all say amen? Amen. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones and strangers. That's visitors that come amidst God's people. When you come in here, you have to abide by the rules and regulations of this church. You can't disturb this church and do what you want to do. You can't do that in the courthouse. Amen. That's right. You can't. <laughs> no, no, you got to go by the protocol. There has to be structure. There has to be order. God is a God of order. Uh, even in Genesis, he brought order out of chaos. Let there be. And that was sun, moons, and stars, and rivers, and all that. He brought order. God is a God of order. Satan is the author of confusion. If that's confusion, Satan's lurking in the wings. Strangers. Anybody who come in here. Amen. If you come in here, you have to abide by the protocol of the church where you are attending. Who is within your gates that you may hear, hear, and that you may uh, learn to fear the Lord, your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law. What is it saying? This passage is, this passage is saying absolutely no one is exempt from hearing the word of God. He said, gather them all together. All of you need to hear the word. I need to hear the word. You need to hear the word. The word of God inherent in it is salvation's power. As his children, we are required to pay close attention to the word of God. Gather yourself, be quiet, listen, teach the word. That's what I'm doing now. You listening too. teach the word. And it is also the word of God that puts within us the reverential fear of him. We live in a day where people don't even fear God. They do whatever they want to do in their own eyes. 
And you know what? Some of you under my voice, you, you look nice. You got a nice Bible and uh, you look nice, but some of you don't feel God. When you can leave out of here and you can raise hell on your job and you say you're a Christian, you don't feel God. You know, I told y'all last Sunday, don't be inviting folk to church and you acting hellish on that job. You misrepresenting God and you make Maranatha look bad. Don't even tell them you belong to a church if you ask him back. Yeah, that's what you don't even tell them. Don't, don't tell Don't marry nothing. Straighten up, walk right, then say you're a member of Maranatha. Why don't you say amen? Does you belong to that church? It make us all look bad. All of them. Make us all look bad. You got to have a reverential fear. Apart from hearing, obeying, and obeying the word of God, it is impossible to live holy, which will result in an accumulation of sin in your lives if you don't gather yourself together and hear the word of God. Parents, if you're a parent, say what you want. Oh, that's kind of little. Parents, that's kind of weak. Parents, I'm going to tell you what I want. Parents must also indoctrinate their children. You must indoctrinate your children and grandchildren in the Holy Scriptures as well. You got to drive it in them. You got to teach the Word of God to them in the morning. Make sure they bless their food. They can't eat till they bless their food. Bless the water too. Bless the, the juice too. The Cheerios, uh, sugar snacks, whatever they got. I don't know. That's old now. I don't know what they got now. Frosty Flakes. Bless it. Bless it. Indoctrinate your children about God, your grandchildren. If you are negligent parents and grandparents in your spiritual responsibilities to your children as parents, there are others that will mold and shape your children and grandchildren in a way that will lead them to embrace a false worldview and doctrine. False worldview and false doctrine to the spiritual detriment of their own little lives and they will break their heart because you were too lazy, too distracted to teach, to teach, to teach. I mean, when, that, when you get them in the car, they locked in. Start talking about God. They can't go anywhere. They got their seatbelts on. Talk about God. Talk about God. I mean, God, God, God. I can still hear my grandma Emma pray when I was a child. Talk about Jesus. Uh, secondly, how do we live holy in an unholy world as Christians? Number two, we live holy when we submit to God and keep our eyes on him. We live holy when we submit to God and keep our eyes on him. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It says, therefore resist the devil. You submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2a also says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The key to these verses is submission to God. Apart from submission and keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, it is impossible to live holy in an unholy world. It is impossible to resist the devil and even expect him to flee from you. Now, some of y'all just talking noise to the devil, and he know you're talking noise. I bind you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. Devil said, you ain't. Devil don't even believe what you, you don't even believe that. You don't even believe that. And he jump on you and tear you up. You know why? Because he know you're not living right, and he knows your, your life is all shabby, and you're premeditating on stuff that is hellish. 
In other words, the devil does not fear your authority. He does not fear your authority. But he does fear believers who are holy. He does fear believers who rely exclusively on the name of Jesus. And he does fear those who live according to the scripture. I said again, who does Satan fear? Not your authority, not you, not your little empty words and little spiritual lingos and jingles. He fear those who are holy, who rely exclusively on the name of Jesus, and who are living according to the scriptures. Now listen, if you desire to live holy, I'm still talking about the same thing about holiness, y'all. Stop saying you are holy if you are coming to work late. Uh oh. <laughs> Stop saying you are some of y'all late for everything. You being habitually late is sin. Especially when you have the power within you to be on time. You plan to be late. That train stopped me. It didn't stop you. You just didn't get up in time. Stop saying you are holy if you always come in you late to class, you late to Sunday school, you late to church, you late to every appointment. People got to wait on you. We don't wait on folk here. We start. You're not that important. This is the Lord's church. Won't y'all say amen? amen? Stop saying you are holy if you habitually are unpunctual, <laughs> late, continuing making excuses, being lazy on the job, stealing from your employer. That's right. Stealing from your, you at home, you got enough pins and rubber bands to, to stop Walmart. <laughs> yeah, stop stealing from your employer, including getting paid for work you're not doing. Or you come to work late and leave early and expect the same amount of pay on your paycheck and then get upset when you're confronted about it. Come early, leave early. Don't come early and stay late. If you show up, wait, are y'all out there? <laughs> Amen, life. God's people should possess integrity and do more than is actually required and will not constantly see shortcuts to beat the system. There are people always looking for the short way out. Roll up your sleeves, thank God for a job, and go to work. How? Oh, it's Monday. So what is Monday? You working. You getting paid for it. Nobody's doing you a favor. Won't y'all say amen? Let me give you some scriptures. Y'all say, oh, he, that's his opinion. Okay, check this out. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business. Some of y'all tap the church. You tap your job. You tap your family because you, you don't mind your own business. Get out of folk business. Listen, you ought not be on that cell phone texting. You talking to Aunt Sue, Shirley. You talking to homeboy, homegirl, back wherever, on company's time. That's not your lunch break. It's not your, it's not your break break. You just pick the phone up with nobody. You ought not have to be watched. Won't you say amen? Man, I don't have to watch you. That, that's exasperating. That's ex- that makes the supervisor tired when they got to sneak and see around the corner. What you up to? 
just as we instructed you before. <laughs> Who's quiet in here? I like it. Then verse 12. Then people who are not Christians will respect the way you live. They'll respect the way you work. They'll respect the way you deal with your family. And you will not need to depend on others. I like this scripture. Ooh, I really like this. And Colossians 3.23 also says, work willingly at whatever you do. How you, no, you should, I'm going to do something. Oh, no, give it your all. As though you were working for the Lord rather than people. When you work, you are not working for the boss. You're not working for your supervisor, your manager. You're not working. You are working as unto the Lord, and you want to give the Lord your best. As a matter of fact, you are so good at what you do, you are hard to replace. They don't want you to retire. You retire, they call you back. Because they, they've gone through 15 candidates and none of them work. So they asked the whole person that's 80 years old to come back to work. <laughs> that's a compliment. Won't y'all say amen? They got to call me back. These young folk don't have a dime worth of stamina. Dime worth. Put them to work, see what happens for most of them. You get tired so quick. Ha, 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 ha. 20 years old. Ha, ha. You got somebody 55, can I work them? Ha, ha, ha. Can't flip a burger. I never seen such a non-working society want something for nothing entitlement mentality wrong as you can be and when confronted you raise hell and call EEOC Oh, God, let me get through with this message. Oh, this is bring a co-worker's day, isn't it? Yeah. How should Christians represent Christ in the workplace? I'm not through with y'all. How should Christians represent Christ in the workplace? Y'all, a whole lot of y'all need to repent. How should you represent Christ in the workplace? A, Christians are required to live by biblical principles if they are going to be a godly witness in the workplace. You got to live by the scripture. The Lord empowers Christians who allow the Holy Spirit to control and direct their thinking in the execution of their work duties and responsibilities. That was kind of lengthy, so I'll say it again. The Lord empowers Christians who allow the Holy Spirit to control and direct their thinking in the execution of their work duties and responsibilities. God will empower you. He will enable you. He will give you wisdom. You'll have the presence of God in the work of God to the glory of God when you allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in your life, to, to control your life, to influence your work responsibilities. See, when you consistently live holy in your words on the job, you blessing folk, you encouraging folk on that job, when you consistently have good conduct on the job, when your character is good on that job, when you have good attitude on the job, you will transform your workplace to the glory of Christ. You, you understand what I'm saying? When, when you consistently live holy in your words, conduct, character, and attitude, 
You will transform your workplace for Christ. Let's move on. Number three, we live holy in an unholy world when we think on good things. We live holy in an unholy world when we think on good things. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, that's honorable, whatever things are just, that's righteous, whatever things are pure, that's holy, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you meditate on those things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You should not be messy on the job. You know, you shouldn't be the company's gossip. You texting and emailing stuff all over the job. That's not good. It's not healthy. My friend, if you desire to live holy, it starts with how you think. Yeah, you need to write that down. Oh, God, help me preach this message. If you desire to live holy, it starts with how you what? Think. You cannot meditate on that which is evil and expect to live holy. Now, you got to write this one down. Righteous thinking results in righteous living. See, if you're not thinking right, you're not going to live right. Did you get what I said? Righteous thinking results in righteous living. Therefore, if you implement Philippians 4, 8 in your thinking and apply each key word in this verse to your life, it will refocus your mind. This passage will revive your mind. If you focus on the key words in this passage that I just forementioned, it will elevate your thinking. Some of you are thinking too small. It will heal your mind. It will transform your mind and your life, and your workplace. Beloved, this verse is spiritually medicinal to your mind. And when the mind is healthy, when the mind is sound, you will impact people, you will bless people, you will build people up, you will encourage them, you will attract people to you because of your godly posture character and because of your spiritual mindset. Number four, we maintain holiness by continually practicing righteousness. We maintain holiness by continually practicing righteousness. First John 3, 7 says, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. We emulate Christ's righteousness as we apply the word to our lives daily. When we live it out daily, we emulate the righteousness of Christ, which results in right speaking. See, righteous living is right behavior, right attitude, right motive. It is right character, and it is integrity. It is integrity. We maintain holiness by continually uh, practicing righteousness, says First John 3, 7. Uh, number five, you must take every thought captive. If you want to live holy in an unholy world, you must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ to live holy before God. It is absolutely necessary that you take every thought. Say every thought. Amen. Not every other thought, not some thoughts. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ to live holy before the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, 
but have divine power to destroy strongholds. There are strongholds that will be set up in your mind if you don't take every thought captive and seize those thoughts that are satanically detrimental to your thinking and will wipe your mind out. Wrong thinking will cause you to lose your mind. Crazy. I just heard on Southwest Airlines, they, they just approved uh, bringing these little therapy ponies on the plane. I said, are they crazy? In the name of accommodation? Huh? So what else is it going to have? I'm going to have a big snake around me. I'm a, my, this, this snake is my therapy snake. You, you scare everybody off the plane. You're the only one on there because you got to be accommodated. Somebody else said, I need a gorilla. I, I, on, unless I stroke a gorilla, I, 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 I'm going to sue. I'm going to file. And get $5 million because you didn't bring your silverback gorilla. <laughs> In the name of accommodation? Come on, y'all. This is crazy. And I, Lord knows I'm not against animals. And I'm not against therapy dogs and things like that. Lord knows I, I'm about to say something now. You'll not have those dogs. Any dog that you're pushing around in a basket at H-E-B is not therapy. <laughs> oh, why not get an amen? Yeah. Uh, hey, meet y'all. You put your meet y'all. Meet y'all. Here, here. Here's a little sample of this H-E-B, baby. That dog, is that's therapy. That dog needs to be un- at home under a tree. <laughs> Taking a nap. When you got to push that dog in the name of therapy, that dog has become your God. You pushing your God. You can't buy some ham hocks and some ham and some beans and some chitlins. I'm trying to call that old stuff now. Some rice and some gravy. Because you pushing little Fido. These animals got more rights than babies. You won't push a child, but you push a dog. Won't adopt a child, but you have five dogs, and they're all in the basket. And then after your dog sat on the ham, then you change your mind, and you put the ham back. <laughs> you don't know. Ain't no name on it. You can't see those germs. Get Fido out of here. It don't belong in those baskets. of tolerance, all in the name of accommodation. If I'm entitled, if I don't get what I want when I want, I'm going to dial four, 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 four. Four, four, four. I wish they did John 316. John 316. John 316. John 316. John 316. We're learning then. I'm trying to get through, y'all. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Beloved, if you embrace a thought that is not of God, you will act on it. If you let it hang around in your mind, you'll act on it. Holiness is a byproduct of arresting every thought that is not of Christ. 
Any thought that come into your mind, you know it's satanic. You know it's not right. You know it's sinful. Kick it out in the name of Jesus. Holiness is a byproduct of arresting every thought that is not of Christ. This is necessary if we're going to live an obedient and holy life. Having a right standing with God and living holy are what enables us to engage in spiritual warfare through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the word and prayer. Beloved, if you are negligent in guarding your thought life, you are destined for failure. If you are negligent in guarding your thought life, you are destined for trouble, disappointment, and disillusionment. As I close, it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, and I quote, sow a thought and reap an action. Sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap your character. Sow your character and you reap your destiny. It all starts with a thought. And if you don't arrest that thought, that's no good, satanic in nature, it's going to actually define who you are and it becomes your destiny. And all God's children say it. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Sunday, August the 13th at 10 a.m. for a Bring a Coworker Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed, refreshed, greeted with a smile, and encouraged as you are ministered to in song, fellowship, and prayer, coupled with the steadfast love and word of Almighty God. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.